Hi, I'm Lauren and he's Jordan and welcome to the His Film, Her Movie podcast. You know what? It's actually getting to that time of year when it, it's like the best time to watch movies. It's like, it's not too dark. It's not too cold. It's not too horrible. And all the Halloween sweets are out. True. Did you know? Did you know? A supermarket. You can you can name them. Okay, Marks and Spencers. There we are. are doing cheese poofs, but in the shape of Dracula fangs, <laughs> and they're covered in like um, Halloween puns about. They're like a bite and a half and Ooh. stuff. We need to have some. We'll get some of those. <laughs> they look awesome. But since I spent a ridiculous amount of money on Max Spencer's this week, you can go and buy them. <laughs> <laughs> Impulse buying food is never a good idea. Never, never a good idea. Seems to be what I do every time I get paid, though. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to the His Film, Her Movie podcast. Hey. I'm Jordan and that's Lauren. Yes, hello. Um, we are a movie podcast, obviously. Look at our name, and we we could, we could discuss life. Well, I'm not very good at that, so. <laughs> so yeah, we normally take a topic and then pick two films and discuss them. That's exactly what we're doing this week. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to this one. And what are we covering? We are covering like totally nineties teen flicks. Yes. The 90s team movie. Now, the 80s we've done before. Yes, we've done the 80s. And the 80s are very famous for their team movies. Mm-hmm. And even though the 90s made quite a few. I feel like they're, it's a bit of a black hole. It is, because it's weird like how many were made in 1999 as well. To me, that's not a 90s film. It's it doesn't like count. Your Cruel Intentions, you got got um, American Pie. How about Never Been Kissed? Never Been Kissed was 1999, I believe. 1999. Does not count as a 90s film. Okay. By that point, you're heading into the new millennium. You, It's different fashion, different music. Everything's completely changed. That is not a 90s film. That <laughs> is like an almost noughties film. It is genuinely, yes, an almost <laughs> noughties film being one year apart. Yeah, but then the, the noughties like all kind of started no, I, out I, I, get, I get where you're getting at because it's, for example, say 91 to 92, that's still got the bleed over from the previous decade. Yeah. And so you get the mid-90s feel um, of it. It's And we'll get into that when we talk about the movies. So what are you covering? I'm covering the most definitely 90s film, the 1995 uh, Alan Moyle film Empire Records. Brilliant, and I am covering 1998's mm. Pleasantville, and mm. directed and written and produced by Gary Ross. Mm. <laughs> it's still late nineties. It is late nineties. It is Very still late nineties. Um, I'm trying to think. Do we have any housekeeping that we need to get through before we kick off the show? Or um, no, just uh, hello to all the new people that we are that are following us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, if you would like to come and be part of our little community, it is at His Film, Her Movie Podcast. Absolutely. I try and post stuff 
Um, usually when I get stressed at work and I figure I'm going to do something nice and I look for memes <laughs> and put them up instead. I did like the oh, Hot Fuzz one this week. The, that Lego one was so popular. <laughs> Didn't realise just how popular it would be. Sat there giggling for about five minutes when I should have been setting stuff up and then uh, posted it. <laughs> Great. So with that in mind, should we get on with the show? Yes. I think we should start with Empire Records. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you thought about this because your face was a picture. Notice <laughs> <laughs> he didn't leave the couch. Not the whole thing. Oh, I've decided I'm going to start a band. Really? Yeah. First thing you need is a name. Then you'll know what kind of band you've got. <sighs> yeah, no, I know. I was kind of thinking about um, Mark. What do you think of that? Is that... Is that with a C or with a K? Well, um, my name is with the K. <laughs> so I was thinking maybe my band could be with the C. So that way it's kind of like that psychedelic, you know, trip thing. <laughs> Always play with their minds. Right, we are back and we are going to talk about the 1995 film Empire Records. Jordan already has that look on his face, which means he hated the film. I knew that. <laughs> he does this, like, smile thing <laughs> when he's like, hmm. <laughs> we, can get, we can get into it, but why don't you give your first impressions? Okay, right. Well, I was introduced to this film um, when I was in my 20s. I hadn't seen it in the 90s. I was too young. I um, was told about it through a friend um, at a place I used to work. He got me the DVD. He was like, watch it. And to me, it is so 90s. And that's why I picked it. It has grunge music, bad fashion. Do you know what? The fashion to me just speaks out so loud in this. Because you can pick out any single one of the characters and be like, 90s. It's haircuts for me. Haircuts. Clothes. Um... Definitely the boys' clothes yeah, to yeah, me yeah. are very nineties. Um, it's got a young Renee Zellweger. Who looks, does she looks really good? Bless her, Liv Tyler. Yeah, who doesn't age? She hasn't aged that much actually. <clears throat> I saw her in Ad Astra a couple of weeks ago, although her part was very very minimal in that. Uh, but yeah, she hasn't aged that much, and I don't know because. Yeah, she must have got all the good genes from Steven Tyler because he aged terrible. Well, that's probably mostly drugs. But yeah, he aged terribly. <laughs> no, no, that means that she will live forever, but she yeah. had the good genes of looking good from her mum. So she's going to be... Didn't she play like an like an elf or something? She, she was an elf in Lord of the Rings, yeah. Okay, so she's going to basically... She's basically an elf. Okay. In real life. <laughs> so I picked this film <clears throat> because what happens in it is there's a young boy called Lucas... Um, he works at Empire Records and he is given the opportunity to close up on a night time. He closes up, he goes to deposit the money and then he decide, and then he actually finds that Empire Records is going to be sold to a corporate music. Like a, like, yeah, like a... Like a HMV, a, yeah, Virgin Music. A mega store. Yeah, which Empire Records is independent. So he takes the money... He goes to Atlantic City and he bets all of the money to try and raise up enough so that way he can then buy the, buy the store and save it in his mind. 
And obviously he loses all the money. And then the next day when he goes into work, that's when the story happens. Yeah. He works with all of his friends. So you get to meet each one of his different friends. Um, their boss is really quite cool. Like, I like Joe. I think he's he's like he's like everybody's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I like. And um, the day that this plays out is Rex Manning Day. Yes. Which is the day when the singer Rex Manning comes to the store. And it's basically just... Just the story of that day and them trying to save. Yeah, yeah. Trying to save the store. Absolutely. So. <laughs> you just look at me. I am. <laughs> Talk. Why didn't you like it? See, he's, I, no, not that I didn't like it. That is a lie. I hated it. Why did you hate it? This is this is the first film that you've chosen that I, I really did. <laughs> I vehemently disliked it. Why? Um... There's a few reasons, I think. And now he's going to list them in order of importance <laughs> and try to back it up with facts. It's when you've got these slice of life movies, mm-hmm. um, you always run the risk. If you don't get on board with the characters, yeah, then you're not going to have a good time. So you didn't... Did you not recognise, like, any of the characters? Because to me, I recognised quite a lot of the characters from working in stores. See, see, I think as well, is this this was the first time I saw this. Mm -hmm. So I don't have any nostalgia towards it. And maybe I am too far removed from the 90s to find any of them charming or any of them relatable. Even though, yes, I was probably into the same stuff back Mm then. It was very difficult to put myself in those shoes because it is very, very over-dramatised. They're uh, teenagers. And that, Everything when you're a teenager is dramatic yeah. and crazy. But I also think this was... It felt like it was written by a person who had seen the great 80s teen movies and said, mm-hmm. I want to make one of those. How do I do that? And... It doesn't feel organic. It feels like they're really, really amping everything up mm-hmm. to hit that sort of certain audience. And it really wants to be alternative and cool. Mm-hmm. And it just made my teeth itch a little bit. <laughs> I just couldn't get on board with anything. I mean, you open up with this Lucas character yeah. who seems like this ethereal, even in, a, even in a sense of like, he kind of breaks a fourth wall. Yeah. But that doesn't really come back. And it's sort of like, what are you trying to do there? And it feels so off kilter with any sort of reality. And yeah, I don't, it's really hard to put into words, but it was just, yeah, it's when you've got these characters and you've got so many characters, that's another point. It has too many characters for its runtime. I think, I think it's only like 90 minutes long and there's so many goddamn 105. So many characters that has to deal with and so many different conflicts. It's like, okay, just focus on a few and tell them well okay. instead of telling lots not so well. Um, you've got a love story between AJ, AJ and Corey mm-hmm. that, yeah, it goes through, through AJ for a while because he's trying to build an up saying, I want to tell her I love her. But like... Her side of it just comes from absolutely nowhere in the end. And it's 
<laughs> it's like, okay, you love him, and but you didn't even care about him two minutes ago? Yeah, because she was really upset. The reason but, why I like it is because, like I said, I have met, I have worked yeah, with yeah, people yeah. like this. And possibly because I watched it, although I was 20s, I was still early 20s. Yeah. So when wait, I wait, watched wait, wait. it... You're not still early 20s. I was early 20s when I first watched it. So are you not still? You look, you look, you look so I thought, young. I thought you said you're not in your early 20s now. I am so sorry. Yeah, yeah I am. I'm 22. <laughs> so young. So young. Um, <laughs> I honestly thought that you just said you're not in your early 20s now. <laughs> no, but the thing is as well, it's, it all depends on when you do watch these, these sorts of films. There's, yes. there's, there's movies that I watch that I remember watching when I was younger and I can watch them now and still have the nostalgia and still get myself in the mindset to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe just watching this so far removed, you start to pick out all the annoyances of these characters instead of thinking, oh, I can remember when I used to do that. Yeah, like I I worked at a frozen food store named after a country for many, many years. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I work with people like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. We had the guy who thought he knew everything. We had several people on a lot of drugs. We had people who were in bands. We had people who slept around a lot. We had, like, so many different people. And most of these people were, like, just in and out, like, after, like, a yeah, month yeah. or so. And the people who were there all the time were the steady, normal nice people but this reminds me of the people who would just come in for a couple of weeks and be like ah, i can't actually deal with working with the public the damaged people the damaged people and so it'd be like me who'd been there for years with the other people who'd been there for years just literally watching basically this film play out yeah, yeah. in real life and and so to me that that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of sitting there at like 18 Already have been there for a few years, just going, oh my God, what are you doing? I'm just going to sit back and watch this and see everything in explode. So, well, I think well, if you're looking at it in that eyes, then you're looking at it from the outside and not on the inside. I, I, I think the people who made this mm-hmm. are, see themselves as on the inside and see themselves as these cool but misunderstood people. Mm-hmm. Whereas... What I'm getting from you there is you get the fun from seeing these people explode. Yeah, but that's what I like. That's that, that. You know me. I, I oh, no, absolutely. Watching. I, excuse me, I love watching that happen. I like being on the sidelines and seeing all the drama and just being like, this is good. <laughs> it's such a bad movie, but it's, it's, it's not made terribly. It's, 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 I love how you're desperately trying to think of one good thing. I am really, really <laughs> trying to think of one good thing. Never the only thing I think of is you, you, you can tell it's a 90s film because Anthony LaPaglia is in it. <laughs> yeah. And he has long hair. Yeah, he does. But yeah, it's the performances. You can tell that the two people who came out of this and had proper, proper successful uh, careers. And I don't really count Liv Tyler in that, which maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Um, is Renee Zellweger and Robin Tunney, even though yeah. some of some parts of their performances are really, really over the top. Like Robin Tunney's storyline is very 
teenage angsty and her performance I think is better than it. Yeah. And Renee Zellweger has a lot of issues and you can tell that with the way she even delivers a line and yeah Renée Zellweger hasn't really been in it actually she's in Judy which comes out very soon I think this yeah, weekend yeah I want to see that it looks amazing if you haven't seen the trailer you have to watch it it looks so good so yeah I mean I'm a fan of some of Renée Zellweger's work um but not well, not her current face work but <laughs> oh that was sassy leave the woman alone <laughs> but yeah it's all the rest of them I don't think I've seen them in anything else and no. it, this was obviously their shining the sort of guy light. The who played Lucas was in Dazed and Confused? Be, well, that was before that. Dazed yeah. and Confused was 1993. And to be honest, I was actually going to, for my film, which is, they say, is Pleasantville, I was actually going to do Dazed and Confused because it was made in the 90s, but it's harkening back to the 70s, which, again, I, I kind of wanted to show the 90s, but then I went a completely different way you with my choice show the 90s. i know so therefore i've won this round <laughs> at least my film was set in the 90s it was it was yours had about 20 minutes in the 90s and that was it <laughs> but yeah oh, over there i don't think i've finished i'm trying to think of other things that i've got um you've slacked off my taste in film enough no and there's a, there's a few other people the, the guy who mark yeah couldn't stand the chap he just annoyed me so much. And also the guy, um, they call him Warren, but he's like the, the shoplifter. Yeah. His performance is sometimes... He's like 12, though. I know, but if you're a, an actual good director, you say, yeah, just... Yeah. Read it in a bit. That, 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 the, that's my Northern <laughs> Cumbrian coming out, my Western Cumbrian. Yeah, just read down the script. Yeah, matter. Just, just, just calm down. But yeah, you you, you went Cumbrian to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good movie. It's not a good movie. But I, if you like it, to be honest, we're what? This is our seventeenth episode, eighteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, eighteenth. Yes, first one that I've really not liked. So you're on a you're on a good run. I did tell you last week I was gonna get one that you hated. You did, you did. And I think I have delivered. <laughs> so should we go on to mine? No fun fact oh sorry yes read your fun fact okay uh so there is a scene where mark is hallucinating after eating pot brownies and he's watching guar yeah yeah on the tv and um then he is on stage with them and gets eaten by one of the monsters now they'd actually filmed that at a guar concert that was happening in the same city oh, okay but didn't tell the audience what was happening. So the audience was basically like, what on earth are they doing? Did a few takes and then he just left. <laughs> Which I just think is really Fair funny. Fair. Um, Rex Manning, the singer. Yeah. His look was based on good old Tom Jones. What well, you can see that. And definitely. Rod Stewart. I can see Rod. You can see a little bit of... Can definitely Malcolm see, Michael Bolton and stuff. Yeah, I can definitely see a bit of Tom Jones. Yeah, yeah. Silk shirt, open, yeah. the, the Big hair. Collar. I kind of, I feel like, did he have a medallion? Maybe. He probably did. Definitely a bit of Tom Jones. Um, and finally, Rex Manning Day, nobody actually ever says what date it's on. Right. And it now this is what 
the they've said about it the, the actual date of Re, Re, the actual date of Rex Manning Day is the 8th of April. Right? And they picked it to be the 8th of April because that was the day that Kurt Cobain's body was found. Right. So, they're celebrating this guy who has no talent on the day that grunge basically died. Yes. Um, and the only way you actually ever know is um, there's a couple of posts that say Rex Manning Day, 8th of April. But if you, I know you won't watch it again, but if anybody does watch it, you will notice they always just go, oh, it's Rex Manning Day. They never actually say the date yeah, yeah. or what day it is. And that's why it's because it's meant to show that it, they're, they're celebrating utter trash yeah. when it's a tragedy of what's actually happened. Right. And that's just one, before we move on, one more point is you can tell this is very much post-grunge, mm-hmm. post-Cobain, Pearl Jam. Well, they actually filmed it the year that he died. Yeah, it has that. You can see it was influenced by that that yeah. era, definitely. It sort of reminded me a bit of Singles, which is a Cameron Crowe movie, um, which actually had Pearl Jam in it mm-hmm. um, as characters. But yeah, it's... It tries. It doesn't succeed in my eyes, but that's just me. I feel like if you, like the, the soundtrack did very well. You can see that, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, if you've worked with really annoying co-workers and you've seen like drama unfold, I maybe watch it just because you get to see a bit more drama unfold. <laughs> it's a bit of fun, a bit of stupidness. So I like it. Cool. Cool. And we'll move on to my choice, which is a Pleasantville. Yes. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome to Film Bastards, a podcast where three friends, two of them married and two of them podcasting life partners, chat everything from new releases, trailers, news, and an eclectic mix of other film goodies. Oh, and many, many, many tangents. You can find them by searching your podcast provider or check them out on Twitter and Instagram by searching Film Bastards. You never know, you might like it. And if you don't, well, we don't really give a f***. Like stuck in Nerdville. I knew you'd pay a price for this. I knew you couldn't be so hopelessly geek ridden for so long without suffering some really tragic consequences. But it's just not fair. I was getting really popular, and Debbie Russell had transferred to another school, and my skin was really great since March. Mark Davis was finally starting to come around. Hello, Mary Sue. What's all the commotion? Where's the cat? Um. It's, um. So, like I said at the, the beginning of the podcast, this is a 1998 film written, produced, and directed by Gary Ross. Um, it tells the story of a brother and sister who get sucked into a 50s sitcom. Yeah. Toby Maguire's character is this TV trivia genius. Only uh, about this TV show. But only about this TV show, yeah. Um, and Reese Witherspoon 
kind of just wants to go home. Mm-hmm. And then when she sees that her crush within the TV show is actually the sadly passed Paul Walker. Yeah. She becomes kind of interested in being part yeah. of the thing. And what you get is how the how the actions of these two 90s kids have an effect on the surrounding environment and the society of this enclosed town within yeah. the film. So, I mean, you started off with me. I want to know what you thought about Pleasantville. I really liked it. Good. And I really liked it for several reasons. Okay. Okay. One, I love things set in like 1950s. Yeah, yeah. Love that bit. I think it was great. I thought it was really clever how you went from colour to black and white. And then when things started changing, little pops of colour started coming back. And then what I feel is the most important reason, it had Danny Strong in it. It did have Danny Strong in a very small role. I don't care. Danny Strong is awesome. And I <laughs> love him. And if he ever listens to this, I just love Danny Strong. And I always have. <laughs> it was like a little Buffy reunion for me. And I was like, look. But the thing is, I said, I spotted him and you were like, what? And I was like, he is there. He is she shining that guy's shoes. Knew him straight away. Go you. Go me. <laughs> Sound a little bit like a stalker now. I promise you I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're talking about that. I think one of the eye-catching parts of the film is, it's part of the premise really, is that change from colour to black and white. It, mm-hmm. It's such a, well, not, not simple to do, but a simple idea. And it's very, very visually striking when you're watching it. Yeah. But... What it does for me is it shows you, like the at the start, the millennial life, the fact that these kids don't really get out. One watches too much TV. The other one is, for not a better of a word, but like sexed up. Mm-hmm. Um, and are the youth of today, let's just put it that in inverted commas, mm. becoming too promiscuous? Are they too... Insular. Insular. And do they get away with too much? Mm-hmm. And you've got that mirrored against that 50s lifestyle. And when you, when we do get sucked into that 50s sitcom, it's the playing around that it does. The fact that Tobey Maguire's character at the beginning really quite likes that simplicity that and we mentioned yesterday with how you really like that era mm-hmm. of life um, and how Reese Witherspoon starts to... What's the word? Kind of infect it in a way because <laughs> she shows these really straight-laced kids sex and different the kinds of things mm-hmm. that they would they wouldn't know either way because the people in the TV show don't know anything outside of that TV show. Yeah. They live on two streets, Elm Street and Main Street, and that's <laughs> the only geography that they learn. It's tiny little things. And tiny little sort of moments that play well. Like, for example, I like the arc of Jeff Daniels' character within it. because oh, I loved him. He, he starts off as this sort of simpleton who can't do things because in the normal scenes where it, within the TV show, yeah. Toby Maguire's character does it, mm-hmm. um, Bud. But then he, when he sees colour, he wants to paint and he starts this affair with... Bud's mother Mm -hmm. and yeah it's that expression and what it does well also is it it makes you reassess the past yeah and reassess nostalgia Mm -hmm. because and also reassess modern life 
Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Because, yeah, people will watch, for example, reruns of these sort of shows Mm -hmm. and think, oh, it was good back then. Yeah. It was really good. Look at at it. It was it was simpler and it was nice. There was there was no computers. There was no mm-hmm. violent TV shows. There's not everything. But as it comes up further on in the film, it brings up these big big societal ideas of okay, what about being a woman back then? And literally, your role in life was to get the tea on the table at five forty five, and then you eat. When you go even further onto that is the well how race comes into it mm-hmm. because it's i'm trying to word myself correctly here but to really tackle that idea of race but have an entire entirely white yeah I think, cast yeah because i noticed that the minute they started walking into that school there was no people of color however see but i think what they were trying to do there and this is this is my thinking is this is a 50s sitcom. Mm-hmm. There was nobody of colour in 50s sitcoms. No, there wasn't. So I think it was trying to show that TV show as realistically as possible, mm-hmm. but also tackle the thing of, okay, you may look at the 50s and really feel like it was a better time, but, yes, yeah, civil rights. Oh, God, yeah. And when these people start becoming um, expressive... And yes, it even uses the That's term coloured. Yeah. Those are coloured people because so, they're they're in colour. So yeah, so that, that, I mean that's what happens is when people get a bit, a bit expressive and start to understand the world, they become colour. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I think it's kind of it's really it's entertaining, mm-hmm. but it shifts on an absolute knife edge tonally, and but I think in a really really good way yeah it does because at the start it's sort of joyful and sort of silly but then it becomes serious yeah yeah like i got that part of my thing was um there's there's so much stuff in here that i wrote down about it like the all the guys in the bowling alley they were safe in the bowling alley it's a men's only place and it was all the older men who were like right we've got to sort this out we've got to do this um, when I, I didn't get her name, not Mary Sue, they're all got triple barreled names. Yeah. Um, the girl who's interested in Bud and Toby Maguire. Right, right, right. Yeah, she offers him an apple. She offers him the original sin. Yeah. And then that comes back again. He's going, no, you, when the old man's like, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be eating that apple. It's like, right, well, that is literally original sin. He was given the apple by a woman. Yeah. And he's saying that's wrong. When in actual fact, there was nothing wrong with it. It, it, the, the kids are fueling this social change. They are literally the future. They are learning more and experiencing more and they are the first people to be able to express themselves yeah. and turn into colour. All kinds of different things. Just the fact that like the dad's like shouting on his wife in the kitchen because that's where he expects her to be. Yeah. She won't be anywhere else in the house. She'll only be in the kitchen. Um. Then you have a, like a little nod towards like attempted rape. Then there's the book burning from like Nazi sort of time. There is them going, the wives were just thinking and they're like, oh my God, that's so bad. Um, the courtroom. Yeah. The courtroom is the courtroom from How to Kill a Mockingbird. 
Is this? It looks exactly the same. Like, either that or it's maybe just they've built it up because... Yeah, yeah. But, but it looks exactly the same, which again, film about like people of colour. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, these people of colour in this film who are literally red, white, blue, everything yeah, yeah. are seen as committing crimes, but they're not... They haven't. They're innocent. And then, of course, Kill a Mockingbird... A guy of colour is attempted of a crime which he is completely innocent of. Yeah, and again, looking back at that different time and being seen as not being normal. Yeah. And like trying to be expressive or to to show a bit of a different side of yourself that isn't that straight-laced, all-American mm-hmm. idealism. Yeah. Um, because it, it kind of has this angle where yes it's telling us about the 50s and the past and their ideals but kind of also shows you that do you know there's like the the lost towns in time in sort of like middle america where mm-hmm. you can drive through and it feels like nothing's changed not nothing's changed yeah. and ideas haven't changed and people haven't changed mm-hmm. and you don't think it ever will and the fact that there is only two streets here and that sort of harkens back to that yeah. is like some places, and I always say this, this about America is like they're so far apart, some towns that you don't get to interact with other people than who's in your town, the, 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 the 200, 300 people that's in your town. Yeah. And it becomes a little bit incestuous like that. Not, 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 not talking like sort of sexually, but in the idea of what you think is right. Yes. And there's nobody else to challenge. And that's what Toby Maguire starts to do. And not only does he start to do it, I mean, even at the beginning when he's telling Jeff Daniels, basically, you've got freedom. You can think for yourself. Yeah. And then that, that sort of tumbles on to, well, who says you can't do what you want to do? Yeah. You don't have to. And also when he's saying, like, you don't, you do stuff that you don't like. Yeah, because you have to do it. You have to earn money. You have to work. Yeah. Sometimes you've got work and you don't want to do your job. Mm. I don't know a single solitary person who goes to work every day and is like, oh my God, this is amazing. Absolutely. Unless like, you work at Cadbury's. Okay. <laughs> or with kittens. Don't know. Okay. I love my job. Some days I wake up and go, oh my God, I really just do not want to go in. Not because I hate it, just because I'm like, I don't want to go in today. I want to stay at home. Uh, that, yeah. But I still get up and I still get dressed and put my face on and go in and I have a good time. And that's it. And I think also, I mean, talking about performances, I, mean, I think Toby Maguire and Reese Witherspoon are good in this. Yeah. But I do believe it is, not only Jeff Daniels, who is lovely in this, but oh, Joan Allen lovely. is great. And you don't see enough Joan, Joan Allen nowadays. No. She... She was made. She made a film that called The Ice Storm, which actually had Tobey Maguire in in the mid nineties. So it might have been maybe a couple of films before this, and that played with the same repression angle mm-hmm. of, 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 of females as well. But that's where it, this film is. It's a story about repression and freedom of thought. Yeah, and how that is good. Yeah, that you can take away the repressed because you've got the the Mia who is. I mean, he's played as like a dictator and you've got William H. Macy who is not... He's not clever. He's not clever, but he's not played as, as, as a villain. He's not played as a bad character. He, 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 he just doesn't he's understand. He's like the, the, that banality of his life. It, like It's what he expects. Yeah. And why 
again, I'm using inverted commas on a podcast which nobody can see, is <laughs> why trouble the status quo, which is what they think life is, yeah. which is him coming home from work, his wife being there dressed up in a penny with his 2.4 children. And a whiskey. And a whiskey and his tea there steaming on a table. Like it's it's presented very nicely, but what it's talking about constantly through the film is actually really important issues. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what I like about it is when you can actually have a properly, a, a proper discussion and discourse about a film, which technically probably got its popularity through the way it's filmed and style. Yeah. Because that is the, the, the market employees like, okay, well, it's a black and white film, but with flourishes of colour. Mm-hmm. I'd go and say that because that might be fun. But then it's talking about all these different metaphors within it yeah and, and i think it's very very smart and i mean sadly gary ross didn't make a a, a better film or he still hasn't made a better film um yet even though sea biscuits good and the hunger games the first one is pretty good i like do you make hunger games yeah no yeah, yeah i like the hunger games you made the first one not, not I the rest it. so i like the hunger games I too yeah i mean is there anything else that you want to talk about with pleasantville um there was just some like silly little bits that I sort of like touched up upon like when the mum starts turning colour and she puts makeup on I'm really sorry no buggers makeup lasts that long that woman's got a lipstick that lasts all day my last less than an hour I want to know what she's wearing oh and um apparently if you have an orgasm it leads to colour and trees come self uh, like spontaneously combusting yeah (laughs) which I liked I thought that was quite funny I, I liked it. I thought it was a good film. Good. Um, I thought I think that's probably it for another episode. Yes. Um, pretty quick one, but we will be back next week. Yes. We don't know what we're covering yet. We haven't decided. No, it's going to be a surprise. Yes, yes. It's going to be a surprise next week. Yeah, so yeah, as always, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do on hfhmpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter on at hisfilmhermovie. And like we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can follow us on Instagram. At His Film, Her Movie Podcast. Yes. And I think that is it for another show. Yes, it is. Brilliant. So we will see you next week. Bye.